Hi everybody, I am Peter Travers. This is Popcorn where we tell you what's happening at the movies and if you want to have a good time and laugh at the movies and maybe even have a little bit of a tear, then you see John and his buddies in tag. He'll tell you about the buddies. I mean, you already know that my friend here has so stacks of awards. I don't know how many you won for <laughs> Mad Men. But my favorite award that you have won was your MTV Award for Best On-Screen Dirtbag <laughs> in Bridesmaids. Yes. You know? I don't know where you're keeping that prize, but it's, it's there. It's, uh, yes, it takes a, it's a very special uh, <laughs> accolade. But you were the quite least. the dog to Kristen Wiig in Bridesmaids. Listen, and so she wrote the it. part. I didn't she, write oh, that yeah, part. It wasn't you at all. Kristen and Annie wrote that for me. Okay. But anyway, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's nice to be uh, back. I'm great to, to see a movie like Tag that we can laugh and feel something at the same time. I got to tell you, it's like, it's in the, in the pantheon of sort of summer movies with all of the blockbusters and the, you know, disaster movies and the superhero things and the this is and the that's. It's, it's a nice thing to, to be able to go to this and laugh, as you said. Mm -hmm. There's hard laughs in the movie. Uh, and there's really fun set pieces, but it also really lands as a story about friendship. Um, that's the thing that I really liked. You brought up Bridesmaids. That's the thing that I really liked about Bridesmaids was all of the crazy set pieces and all of the crazy comedy in it. What it really boiled down to was a story about um, Kristen and Maya's friendship. Uh, and that, that was really why I think the movie uh, emotionally really resonated with people. And I think ours does, too. It's called Tag. It's about this game of tag, but it's really about these these really close friends. And, and it's based on a true story of these well, guys who know, are real. Who are real. They're real men with jobs and careers that put everything on jobs. hold for a month out of every year and go crazy and play tag on one That was the thing that got me. I could see that they would do it for maybe a weekend or a week, but a month Keep where they're on a following each other going, you're yeah. it. yeah. All what? around the country. I mean, they don't. They all grew up in Spokane, Washington, but they live everywhere now. And they've you know, guys jumping out of trunks of cars. I mean, we, we, we cut in a little reel of them actually doing oh, this yeah. at the end of the film, yeah. and it's it's really it's really surprising. You see these people, and you're like, oh my god, this really happened. So, did you meet them? Yeah, we met them. Uh, they came to set a couple times, um, and you could just tell they were just so geeked out about how, like that this weird little tradition that they have has been made into a film. It was so lovely. They, they're, they're all lovely guys. And, and all walks of life. I mean, there's a priest. There's a, you know, kind of a, a, a hippie kind of guy. One's a, one guy's a teacher. One guy's a doctor. One guy's a big businessman. Like, there's just... that They have lives. Normal lives. <laughs> they go back they to normal lives. And yeah. they don't do that. Yeah. Well, what about dealing with these idiots who coast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'd worked with Jeremy before right. on the town, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I knew Hannibal from SNL. Well, he was a writer when mm -hmm. I was hosting. And Jake, I had, I had known through a couple of various things, and Ed as well. So the idea of us all playing friends was fairly easy to fall into. Uh, and even and it even extended to, I worked with Isla Fisher. Uh, Leslie Bibb and I knew each other for several years. Uh, the only one I really didn't know was, was Annabelle Wallace. And we got to know each other really well in the film. It was really nice. Well, that it was really okay engendered. For the farm. She's it really engendered. Wall uh, yeah, exactly. Following you around. It really engendered a, a sense of community. It was really, really sweet. And uh, we shot in Atlanta. We all kind of would go out and have dinners and and do fun stuff. And it was a it was a really good group. We had a blast making the film, and it's and it shows. So you felt you were totally in shape for this, running around like a crazy man doing this. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not it's not Olympic level. Uh, 
There were some leaps. Athleticism. There yeah. were some leaps. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm comfortable leaping over a couch or two <laughs> and falling in a way that is funny and yet not dangerous. Um, although, <laughs> funny yet not dangerous. Unfortunately, Jeremy fell from a stack of, uh, of chairs and broke uh, his, his wrist and his elbow on about the third day of shooting. So we did have to <laughs> Wait a minute. shoot around that a little bit. What, shoot yeah. around it? What, what did he do? Uh, he, he, the stunt went wrong. A, a wire didn't do what it was meant to do, and he landed awkwardly. Felt some pain and was like, oh, well, we got to get the shot. So he did it again. We got the shot. Then we broke for lunch, and he was like, I don't know, this really feels bad. We should get this checked out. He got an x-ray, and the doctor was like, yeah, you have fractures in your elbow and in your left wrist. And he's like, well, I got to do this thing. They put removable casts on, and he went and shot the rest of the Oh, t- wait a minute. Removable cast. Yeah, How like a Velcro thing. Was Day it? three. Day three. So <laughs> it's perfect. I was not on set that day. I, I had nothing to do with it. It was not my fault. But uh, yeah, Jeremy's a trooper. Like that, that, that kind of set the tone early. Like, okay, like, look, if he's going to come back from something like that, we we all have to kind of step it up. He really? really he, I, bet I mean, he, he is an Avenger. That. To be fair, the guy he is, is an Avenger. He's Hawkeye. Yeah, he yeah. has. He might have some sort of supernatural healing power. Plus, in the movie, he's the guy that's undefeated. He's the guy for that's never been tagged. And yeah. it's it's fun it's a funny thing because we we talk about it in the film and it it becomes this kind of narrative device right so we have to get him we have to get him we have to get him or he's going to retire and undefeated and what it really becomes about is like you know we don't we're not trying to tag you just because we want to tag you like we just miss you like you're our friend and we don't get to see you because you're constantly running away from us yeah um, and that becomes um, you know that 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 sort of feeds into the the larger kind of uh, tone and the, and the moral of the story, so to speak. Well, we miss you, but we're so obsessed. We will do anything to yeah. tag you. Yes. We will do it. And I love how there are amendments. So because he's getting married, he can't be bothered during the actual. Rules. There's a lot, a lot of rules to be made yes. up to do that. It's, it's, um, <laughs> the movie's just joyful, which is another reason why I was very happy to get to do it. There's no cynicism in it. There's no irony to it. It's just a fun movie, and it's got action elements, and it's got comedy elements, but, but what it really does, it lands the emotional kind of weight at the end of the thing, and it's, it, it tells you know, a story based on these guys' lives that, that highlights the power of friendship. It seems like this carried over to you guys going on your press appearances. Oh, we've I, had mean, a... I saw something on YouTube of you crashing somebody's <laughs> web. Yeah. What, you became wedding crashers? Was it you that put everyone up? No, it was not me. Oh, look uh, at you taking no blame for Renner's accident, no blame for the wedding listen, crashing. I, I, okay, I was, just, I was I'm there. I'm innocent. I was there. Ah, uh, sure. Uh, we were having dinner. We were doing press in Miami. We were having dinner, and we noticed that there was a wedding. Let's go, let's go say hi. <laughs> Jeremy walked in. Someone was like, yo, that's Hawkeye. I was like, all right, we're good. So it was fun. Oh, it would have been great. If they just said, "Who are who these are you people? guys? Get out of here! <laughs> this is a wedding. You are not invited." <laughs> but they accepted you. They did. It was nice. I, you know, I don't know. I think wedding. I love weddings. They're so pleasant, um, and everybody's in a good mood. You know, I like I like it when people are happy. Well, the bride and groom have some interesting wedding pictures to explain. Exactly. These clowns showing up These and weirdos crashing, crashing their was right. special That's what they day. Did. Well, it, it had to be fun for you because. The last few movies I've seen you in, I remember Marjorie Prime, where you're hologram, you know? Then Nostalgia, which yeah. is like... Heavy. 
super, even though you were an uh, expert in collectibles. Yeah. I kind of loved that idea that that was happening. And Beirut, you're doing this. Yep. So now you could just put your clown hat on. Yeah, it's nice. I, I'm fortunate enough to have kind of credibility on both sides of the aisle in that mm -hmm. way. Um, and, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you, you tend to get pigeonholed into the one thing that you got famous for, right? And so for me, that was Don Draper. So everyone was like, okay, you're the serious brooding mm -hmm. guy. Um, but I was fortunate enough to kind of write off of the success of Mad Men, have Lorne Michaels say you want to host SNL. And then have Tina Fey say you want to want to coast up, Sergio, want to do my crazy thing could on could wipe out Don Draper in seconds. Oh yeah, yeah, that guy. The was power just of that <laughs> saxophone and chest hair. <laughs> um, that was he. So uh, uh, that kind of enabled most of the people to see like much closer to who I really am. You know me off camera. It's <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a bit of a goofball and and I enjoy that part of it. Um, but I'd like to get to do both. And you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, nostalgia. That project came to me because Mark Pellington liked my work, and I liked his work. And he had commissioned this script, and he, we both had suffered loss in our lives. And he was like, "I just, I just want to make a movie about that. I want to talk about that because I feel like it's, it's universal." You also do something else, and it's gotten you a reputation as being now the king of cameos. <laughs> you show up on people's shows almost like you crashed that wedding. I remember you and Barry, you know, there you were, you know, playing you. I have a lot of friends, and I have a lot of very creative friends. <laughs> and they say, come on. And I like doing it. Um, Can I use the bathroom when, in your hat? <laughs> right, right. When Bill asked me to be on his show, Barry, uh -huh. I immediately said yes because, I, first of all, I just love Bill. We got to know each other first time I hosted SNL. And I think he's one of the most talented guys out there. Again, both sides of the thing. Bill's, Bill's dramatic work is spectacular, too. You most likely saw a movie called The Skeleton Twins oh, that he God. did a while back. He's, he's so bloody talented. And Barry is a perfect mix of both sides of Bill. Like the goofy, crazy, funny, zany side. And then this really, really serious, kind of almost dark persona that, that Bill has in him, too. And it's really, really cool to see him kind of exploring that. Well, he's an assassin. He's a, he is. And it's it, like the tone of that show is crazy dark. And really difficult to do. Now, yeah. you did that, I think, supremely well in Baby Driver. Yeah. I mean, there was a movie that if it wasn't for everybody being on the same page and Edgar Wright putting that together, where you're laughing and the next minute you're scared. Yeah. And your wit's playing. Yeah. It, uh, I got a real good chance to play a real good bad guy in that one, which was fun. Especially mm -hmm. when you're in the hands of someone like Edgar. But you still do. Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. This was, I know they broke this final season in half. Yeah. There are uh, several things because uh, your role as a reverend again. Um, talk about dirtbag. <coughs> Richard Wayne, Gary Wayne, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That too, many, too many names. But they had that clip of you that is real. Yeah. On of the you at show. 25 on the, what was it called? The Big, <coughs> the big Date? The Big Date, yeah. Crazy. It's, uh, only How did you Tina, get on that only show? Tina, well, I'll tell you. My <laughs> college girlfriend, my ex-girlfriend from college, mm -hmm. had moved out here, and she was the talent coordinator. And she was like, you want to make 200 bucks? And I was like, yes. She's like, come on the show. And I was like, awesome, because no one will ever see it, because no one's going to invent a device that will record everything and keep it for all times. No, that never happened. That will never happen <laughs> in 1996. <laughs> So it'll be fine. Uh, That's why people so, do porn. 
It's they used been, to uh, think in those days, yeah. Who's going to see it? See it. Um, yeah. So I, you know, it's a, it's a, a lovely source of embarrassment, and only Tina and Robert could have mined it so perfectly to make it the Reverend's backstory. <laughs> so perfectly dumb. He's not even. You're not even picked. No, I know. <laughs> the disgrace which of is, that. Which is actually perfect. <laughs> Thank God. Well, it took a while for you, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I remember talking to you once where you gave yourself, what, how many years that you... I moved out to L.A. when I was 25, and I thought, if I'm 30 and I'm still waiting tables, it's time to move on to something else. Um, and I remember I turned 30 on the set of We Were Soldiers. Um, I was totally thrilled. I had a bunch of my old friends fly down uh, to come see me. And uh, I was like, I'm making a living as an actor, uh, and I, I, I did it. You know, I made it. I made it under the wire. You did it. Directed so, by Mel Gibson. Directed by Mel Gibson. Gibson. Yeah, it was a, it was my first big major Hollywood movie. Uh, I've there always were crazy. Wanted- you know, Greg Kinnear, Barry Pepper, Sam Elliott, <laughs> um, and I just was like, okay, I'm gonna use this as a, as a university class basically, and just watch everybody, mm-hmm. keep my mouth shut and my ears open. And that's what I did. And I never asked you amazing. about this because your first movie that I had on the credits was a Clint Eastwood movie called Space Cowboys, where you were. Uh, what, I, I had one what, line. It said, "Young pilot, young number, pilot two. number two. Young pilot. No, do you remember that line? Yeah. Uh, I think it was like he's over there. <laughs> Something like that. So did Clint uh, sit I with you to, and and and? I had to get this. Uh, some kid over to Tommy Lee Jones. And the kid came up, and we're, we were two pilots sitting in an airstrip in in uh, Agua Dulce, California. And uh, I said, "He's over there." And that was it. And it was the best. I got to meet Clint Eastwood. He was amazing. He looked like Clint Eastwood. Uh, <laughs> He'll it was do an eight-hour day. We got out of it like just fine. Everybody was nice. It was like it was one of the coolest sets I've ever been on. But yeah, that was a, that might have been my. That was definitely my first movie role. And you went back to teaching. That's the thing that fascinated me. Yeah. In fact, my, one of my students is the star of The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, is the titular Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. So to speak. Uh, Ellie Kemper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was a, when she was in ninth grade, 15-year-old kid, she was my, one of my students. I love teaching. I love teachers. Teachers um, mean the world to me. And my Again, wife's a teacher. That's a... Losing your parents, you kind is. of you find other people to take their place, and mm-hmm. teachers were a big part of that for me. I loved school, I loved learning, um, and I wanted to do something that would give back the, the experience that I had. I didn't have any money, to, I couldn't build a wing on the school or anything, but um, I knew I could give my time and, and my experience, mm-hmm. and that's what I did, and it was um, wildly fulfilling. Uh, and I got to meet, you know, budding young stars like Ellie Kemper when mm-hmm. she was 15, and her sister Carrie, who was a year younger than her and was uh, equally as talented. Yeah. Well, when you made it, when you were finally making where they were just driving up trucks of money to your back door. <laughs> When's that happening what again? What did you splurge on? When is that happening again? <laughs> well, when that track, Mad Men wasn't network, was it? No. 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 Um, so it wasn't that. You know, mostly, it, mostly you pay off bills and you pay off debts mm-hmm. and you buy nice things for the people in your life and, you, and you, you're able to buy a car that starts every time you turn the key rather than every third <laughs> What's time. What's that like? Yeah. Um, and you can have, you know, a nicer place to live. And, and, and that's, that's really what it is. It's mostly about just upgrading stuff. I didn't go crazy and buy some plane or anything mm-hmm. nonsensical because I'm really not, that's not my thing. I don't love stuff. 
I have too much of it, and it's it's kind of just accumulates and gets in the way. And so I I, I just kind of tried to definitely put some some of it away for a rainy day, and and then try to try to uh, you know make life more comfortable. Yeah, that's that's what it. Have what you it put is. have you put Don Draper away? Yeah, he's just not in. What about the people you worked with on that show? Are they still in your uh, life? Yeah, I still way? know a lot of those guys, and and you know, but everybody's kind of. Everybody's moved on. I mean, everyone's done different projects, and 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 you know, it was three years ago at least that we when we finished it, and uh, that's a that's a that's enough time. Did so, you take anything? Did you? Did you um, have something? I have I have the chair, Don's chair from his uh, from his living room, that's in my house, and I have a couple little little things here and there, um, but no, it's. So what's it? What's the fun? What do you do when you're not working? You're doing a lot of working now. I'm working a lot, a lot. Um, but I've been off for a little bit. <laughs> I, fun for me is being outside. Uh, I love being outside. That's why I live in L.A. I can walk out and be in the park in two minutes from my, my mm-hmm. front door. And I like to play tennis. I play baseball with my friends. I've got, I've got a bunch of good friends that, that I know, and I'm, I'm, we'll go get dinner. We'll do this. We'll do that. But I just love being outside. All right. Well, as you know, even though I know the voice, something's happening and I'm catching it. <clears throat> I'm going not, like this. You're not. I'm catching it. It's not contagious. I, I don't care what it is. It's there and I've got it. This always ends in a hint of song. Okay. Now you've sung so many times. I sing. I, no, I, I sing recall, all the time. No, you did uh, Purple People Eater. Uh, oh yeah. Know, that was beautifully done. And, but I want to know what little bit of song is in your head. Right now? Yeah, right now. What are you listening to that? Um, Y'all ready for this? That's really what's been stuck in my head because I've literally been on a press tour for two weeks and Ed Helms has been singing that to me every, every time, time we are in an elevator or anything. And it would always get me. He would, he would, he would look and he goes, can I ask you a question? And I go, yeah, what? He goes, yeah, ready for this? And I was like, oh, God, again. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I can't ask for more. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you're surely ready for whatever the next this. this is. So, John, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much for being here. It's always That's a pleasure. Great.